Welcome to the Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Over the past few months, a journalism student at Ohio University named Madeline Peck has been helping out the podcast as an intern. When we first met, she shared the importance of kindness to her and her hometown of Newtown, Connecticut. After 26 students and educators were killed by a shooter, her town turned toward kindness to heal and make change. She suggested I talk with Mark Barden, whose young son Daniel was killed. He has since worked to prevent future tragedies through kindness. So for this episode, I have the pleasure of talking with both Mark Barden and Madeline Peck. Mark, the first thing I want to say to you is that um, I'm so sorry about your son, Daniel. And um, it seems kind of like words don't even, you know, words, words like I'm sorry just don't even cut it. And yet I'm a mom of three and I can't even imagine what life looked like for you on that day um, at Sandy Hook. Can you can you walk us through a little bit about whatever you want to share about that day? Um, yeah, uh, Nicole, I, I appreciate that, and it it was an interesting um, it was an interesting day. It was it was actually different uh, from the start, and um, Maddie can understand this. But in the fall of 2012, my three children, James, Natalie, and Daniel. Uh, had evolved into a place where they were in three different schools within our district. So James was was in the middle school, Natalie was in the intermediate school, and and little Daniel was in first grade at the elementary school. And so they were on three different buses, and it, it was my routine to walk them each to the bus, six thirty, seven thirty, and eight thirty, respectively. And uh, I would, you know, walk James to the bus first, and then you know come back and wake up Natalie when it was time for her to get started getting ready, getting ready, and then. Subsequently, wake up Daniel when it's time for him to start getting ready. But for some reason, this morning, December 14th, 2012, I was walking James down the driveway, and I hear these little footsteps slapping the pavement behind me. And it was little Daniel who was up in his little pajamas running outside. It was about 15 degrees out, and he had put little flip-flops on his feet. And and he's running up behind me. I'm like, what are you doing up? It's still dark. Why are you out? And he said, oh, can I come to the bus and walk walk James to the bus with you so I can tell you, I tell him I love him and hug him. And I thought, you know, and that was, that was perfectly aligned with, with Daniel's personality. He was very warm and affectionate and uh, compassionate little kid. And so I put him up on my shoulders and he walked James to the bus and just, he did just what he had asked and hugged him and kissed him and told him that he loved him. And uh, Daniel and I got back to the house and I said, you know, it's still dark. You can go back to bed for a little while if you want. And he said, no, dad, this gives us some time for cuddling. So we turned the Christmas tree on, which we had gotten the week before, and we were cuddling on the couch. And he says, look at how beautiful the sunrise is this morning, Dad. And he said, you can see the reflection of our Christmas tree uh, lights in the window uh, with this beautiful sunrise behind it. He said, it's going to be a beautiful day. And um, I thought to myself, what seven-year-old kid thinks like that? You know? And I said, you know what, I'm going to go get the camera. And take a picture of that. So I have this photograph of of the sunrise um, out the window with the twinkling of the Christmas tree lights in the window. It's a beautiful picture. And Daniel also wanted to walk Natalie to the bus and hug her and kiss her and tell her that he loved her. And then, um, and then for some reason we got back to the house before his bus and he asked me to teach him how to play something on the piano. And I taught him how to play Jingle Bells. And he, he did a beautiful job with it. And he was already the drummer in our little family band. And I thought, well, he's going to be a great musician, this kid. And uh, 
And so I walked him to his bus at 8.30 and hugged him and kissed him and told him I loved him. And uh, I went back into the house and I was working on a music project and I started getting the phone calls and the texts uh, and the emails that there was a lockdown in the district. And then there was a, a, a phone call that there was a report of a shooting at Sandy Hook Elementary, at which point I raced down to this school that I have spent so much time in uh, as a full-time musician, I was available to be there for volunteering and for reading to the kids. And I arrived on this uh, on this this bizarre scene of more um, vehicles and personnel than I've ever seen in one place in my life, and uh, began looking for Daniel. And they were uh, assembling kids in the firehouse, which was right down the road from the school, and and they had teachers holding up the grade numbers and they were lining up by grade numbers and I couldn't find Daniel in grade one. And then the report was that maybe the, the principal had been shot and I'm trying to figure out how to, how to have that conversation with this very sensitive and compassionate little boy. And, uh, little by little, the kids were being picked up and taken home and there were, weren't many kids left. And I'm asking folks, do you know where Mrs. D'Amato's first grade classes, and they haven't come out yet, and we're looking for them. And, and at some point, they gathered the family members who hadn't been reunited with their loved one in a room, and, and that's where they informed us um, what had happened. And so, uh, and so that, that's been my life. And, and from that moment to this moment right now, um, I'm still kind of bewildered, and, and still, I still I feel like I will be there will always be some of that initial shock and trauma with me that, you know, as a stay-at-home dad, I, I had the, the wonderful luxury to be very closely connected with all three of my children. And Daniel being the third, he and I had a lot of wonderful one-on-one -on -one time together. And I treasured every moment of that even then. And uh, I used, used to even tell him that. I used to tell him, I love your company. I just love the time that we get to spend together. And I will, um, I will never get over this. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mark, I, um, <clears throat> I think it's possible for people to sit in that spot of grief and paralysis and just, um, and and just stay there and do nothing. But you have done something. You have done something amazing, um, which you call Sandy Hook Promise. And I want to talk with you about that in a, for, in a second. But I'm wondering, Maddie, um, Maddie's our kindness podcast intern and um, is a student here at Ohio University. And she was in high school when the shooting happened. And so, Maddie, can you tell me from your perspective what that day looked like how what were the reactions of the the students in the other schools yeah um so obviously i don't think it's a day that anyone in newtown can forget um and everyone kind of has their own um memories from that day uh so personally i was in the high school and was in lockdown during the time um uh it was all very surreal, and I think it's still very surreal that this all happened. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just remember coming home and being with my family, 
Um, and it, I, it took me a very long time to even grasp all that, uh, all that really happened. Um, and I didn't even have obviously as strong of a connection, um, Mm -hmm. with those at the school. Uh, and yet that day changed you, right? It made you more aware of kindness. Yes. Um, and I think that this is something that Mark is obviously probably aware of too. I think everyone, um, in Newtown kind of turned to kindness at that time and is still using kindness as a way to to deal with this grief. Would you agree, Mark? Absolutely. Absolutely. We, we loved our neighborhood uh, before this and felt that we had found ourselves in, an, in a really, really unique, uh, beautiful, we're both from the city, Jackie's from, York, from Bronx, the Bronx, I'm from Yonkers, and we found, found this, this community to be so so connected and so supportive already. And then in the aftermath of this tragedy, uh, that was magnified, you know, 10 or a hundred fold by the, the support and, and love and kindness that we, we found in this community. So you are pouring your efforts right now into Sandy Hook Promise. What, what is that? What does that do? So what it does is it's, it's at the very, at the very fundamental, if you boil it all down to one uh, mission, it's to prevent this from happening to another family ever again. I mean, that is really what we strive for at the most basic level. Um, and in in the ensuing five years, in the five years between when we launched this organization uh, and, and now, um, we have, uh, as a result of lots of research and lots of study and conversations and thought and uh, interviews of stakeholders and thought leaders and folks across the country, we have landed on this very simple uh, premise of, of, of prevention and that, and that these horrible mass shootings and the daily gun violence that, that plagues our nation uh, is all preventable. And I know it sounds terribly simplistic, but um, what we've done is we've kind of removed that idea from this political argument that sort of shuts that conversation down and focused on purely prevention, basically, um, how can we train people to recognize warning signs? Uh, part of that research has shown us that before someone hurts themselves or, or somebody else, they talk about it first, either in social media or verbally communicating it in one way or another. Uh, people, people do give off warning signs. Some of them can be very subtle, but we, we have learned how to do that, and we train students and adults how to recognize those warning signs, and then take the next step and get that individual help before it becomes a tragedy, before they ever pick up a gun to harm themselves or somebody else. And we do that by way of programs that we have developed around prevention. We call them Know the Signs programs, and we have four of them. And we train students and adults in these programs for no cost. And we're already seeing the results of that. We've already prevented school shootings. We've already stopped people from taking their own life. Uh, we've brought numbers of bullying down and cutting and eating uh, disorders. And we're now in all 50 states, and we have trained over 3.5 million students and adults. And um, we will continue to grow and, and scale and um, continue to save more lives through our programs. Is there anything that you can give to our listeners as tools who, or, or you know, um, some sort of a resource you want them to go look at? But when you talk about the signs and preventing this, what, 
what can we take away from this now, today, to make a difference, perhaps, in someone's life? Sure. There are lots of things folks can do right now. Um, you can, you can, you know, we, we need we need every kind of support imaginable. We are not, you know, a nonprofit organization. Like I said, we 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 train and implement and sustain these programs in school districts across the country. In the larger school districts, we hire a staff to sustain the programs within the school to embed them into the culture and climate of the school, and that all, you know, takes. Lots of resources. Um, like I said, we don't charge any money for any of this because we don't want cost to be a barrier to saving lives. Um, so we rely on the generosity of our don- donors to allow us to do this work. Um, we rely on the, the, the time generosity of, of volunteers and folks who sign up to be promise leaders to help us either train or raise awareness and get the message out. There are lots of opportunities for folks to help. Um, and you can just start by coming to our website, uh, sandyhookpromise.org, and and learn more about what we're doing and and see if there's a, a way that you can jump in and help in any way you can. But um, like I said, we have four programs under the heading of Know the Signs. We also have a, um, a phone-based uh, app or a technology-based app, which allows, allows people to make a tip of uh, at-risk behavior at, um, uh, anonymously. And that, 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 um, it's called the anonymous reporting system. It's a say something, which is our say something program, anonymous reporting system. And that comes with a free training and that tip gets, uh, directed to, uh, a call center that's staffed 24 hours a day by trained professionals who know how to triage that tip that comes in either by text or phone call or email or, uh, screenshot uh, that information is then triaged, and if it's an immediate life safety issue, the folks at the call center can alert local authorities anywhere in the country to make an intervention and save somebody's life. If it's anything else that requires a different kind of intervention, whether that's uh, an intervention by school staff or just maybe a conversation by a family member, uh, they know how to do that also. Um, and so that's our anonymous reporting system that we are just currently launching now, and um Folks can can come to our website and learn how they can be part of uh, these life-saving solutions uh, that Sandy Hook Promise has uh, is building and scaling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that also another program you have is called Say Hello. Um, does that kind of incorporate kindness as a way to um, reach out to people who may not be in in the best place? That's right, Maddie. What it is, is so so the four programs that we have. Um, quickly are start with hello, say something, safety assessment and intervention, and signs of suicide. Those are the four programs. So the one that you just referenced, start with hello, uh, it's it's near and dear to my heart because that was something that my little Daniel would do on his own if he noticed that somebody had been excluded from an activity or was sitting alone or having a bad day. He would ask the teacher if he could go check in on on them and just uh, make sure they were okay or see if they needed a friend. Uh, and so the Start With Hello program trains students to look for classmates who are um, chronically socially isolated. Um, our research has informed us that folks who um, are, are socially isolated for an extended period of time are, are at an elevated risk uh, for either being the victim of violent behavior or perpetrating violent behavior. So Start With Hello trains students to, uh, to reach out to isolated peers and, and make them feel connected and make them feel valued and, and make them 
realize that they're not invisible. Um, it's a wonderful program that the kids run. There's very low low lift on the part of the school staff. The kids run these programs, uh, start with hello, and say something. Uh, and it's, it's just amazing to see what they do with them. They create videos. They create awareness days. They create clubs. Uh, they integrate it into existing clubs. Uh, it's so cool to watch the kids become empowered by these programs. And I think kids want to. They seem to want to take some leadership in all of this. And, and from the other, the other shootings that have happened around the nation, we're seeing more students um, marching, more students um, communicating with their legislators and things like that. Do you feel like, um, I, I don't even know if the question is, is one more important than the other? Or, or would, would gun control be the answer? Because it sounds to me like you're saying... You know, there is there is the ability, you are saying there is the ability to prevent this. Absolutely, Nicole. Yeah, and we uh, we launched these programs in the spring of 2015, and we, we watched students really gravitate, and the message really resonates with them. And they were doing wonderful things with these programs. But now, uh, post uh, the tragedy in Parkland, we have uh, seen an increased engagement from young people. We have also partnered with a student-led uh, organization that's been around for 20 years. It's called SAVE, which is Students Against Violence Everywhere, and, and they are now part of Sandy Hook Promise. So we have this huge uh, arm, if you will, of student-led organizations that are now part of Sandy Hook Promise, which is, in, which is now also seeing a, a, a surge in student activism. And to be clear... Uh, we absolutely do support legislative initiatives around uh, gun safety. We support universal background checks. We support uh, a, a piece of legislation called the Extreme Risk Protection Order, uh, which is like a domestic violence protection order in which if a family re member recognizes somebody at risk, uh, law enforcement can intervene and safely store their firearms in another location until everything is okay. Uh, so we do support legislative policy at the state and federal level uh, around access and uh, around gun safety. Thank you for clarifying all that, because I think it gets tricky. We start debating, this is right, no, this is right. Well, I think this would be the better way to go. And, and all of a sudden, you know, everybody feels like a victim and nobody feels like they're being listened to. And that's the exact opposite of what you're trying to do here with Sandy Hook Promise. Right. And we have, uh, I think by the way that we have uh, strategically aligned our messaging, we, it resonates with a, a larger uh, base of people, which is intentional because we're treating this as a social movement where you really have to engage that sensible center, the vast majority of people in the center. And that includes, you have to cross uh, party lines. We start the conversation with what we agree on and we can all agree we want to protect our kids. Uh, we can all agree we want to make our communities safer. And that's where we start this conversation with solutions that resonate with everybody. So as a result of that, we, we, we can talk to people in a different way. We, can, we have folks uh, in our base who uh, are, uh, come from conservative values in, in red states um, who agree with our messaging. You know, we, we try to be non-divisive and non-polarizing, and it's been effective. You know, we have a, a large, diverse base of people who who agree with the message and the way we're trying to get it across. Also, like, I know that after these sh these shootings happen, there's usually some people s calling for more gun control um, and kind of another camp that's calling for more mental health services. But it seems like Sandy Hook Promise is kind of merging those two. Is that 
Is that the case or? It is. It absolutely is the case, uh, Maddie. We, we, we have recognized uh, a long time ago that this is not an either or. This is an and both. So uh, we spent four years working with our federal government and were able to help pass bipartisan um, mental health bill, recognizing that uh, most folks who are suffering mental illness are the victim of violence and not the perpetrator, but that we certainly do need to make um, uh, quality mental health care available to more folks to, to have access to it. So we, we played a major role in getting uh, uh, mental health uh, care legislation passed. It was the last uh, bill that President Obama signed into law. And we also now just passed through, uh, through uh, Congress at the federal level with bipartisan support a bill that we actually authored called the, the Stop School Violence Act, which has broad bipartisan support in both chambers and has been signed into law as part of the, the 2018 fiscal uh, omnibus package, which offers uh, s- schools can uh, apply for grant funding to train in evidence-based prevention programs, uh, exactly what we do with Senior Promise. So it allows them grant money to offset our costs to train, implement, and sustain those programs in, in those schools. Uh, so we have been working on legislative uh, initiatives at the federal level, and also we are we are supporting and and watching um, the appetite grow at the state level for closing the loophole in the background check system and implementing a targeted behavioral approach such as the extreme risk protection order. So it's it's all of it. We look at this as a holistic solution to a very uh, complex problem and that's why at the beginning I said there are so many different opportunities uh, to to have a sustainable um, positive influence on this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that Maddie and I are both very touched by what you're doing um, in honor of Daniel and to help others and to make sure no family ever has to go through this again. Before we let you go, is there one kindness story um, whether it deals with Sandy Hook Promise or Daniel or anything um, that you would like to share with our listeners? Um, well, you know, like I said, um, the, the, the start with hello and say something really are rooted in kindness. I mean, if you think of the principles of start with hello, it's noticing somebody who might be having a, a hard day or somebody who is always left out of the equation or left out of the conversation and reaching out to them with an act of kindness. And that could be as simple as uh, saying hello and just saying, I just want to know that, I want you to know that you're not invisible and that I've recognized you and that you do have value. And I think that's the essence of kindness um, is just recognizing somebody and, and making them feel uh, validated. Um, and the Say Something program, I think, is rooted in, in this good upstander behavior. Like, I'm, I'm looking out for you. Um, I, I I see that there's there's a you know a, a possible possible risk uh, component to your life that I want to address and, and see if I can get you help. Um, you know that's why we we train the kids to reach out to a trusted adult if they uh, identify a peer who is uh, potentially at risk. Um, with that comes the stigma of you don't want to be a rat or get involved or be a snitch, and that's why we developed. A safe way for them to do that anonymously through our anonymous reporting system, but it's based in noticing your peers and noticing those around you and acting with kindness and compassion uh, to see if you can connect them with with something positive to help them. So I, I really, I really do feel that uh, at its very core, the the philosophical approach that we are 
we are trying to communicate uh, in schools is this whole idea of kindness and connectedness and communication, uh, which which I feel are are values that you know we definitely need to uh, we need to get we need to we need to have more present in our in our schools and, and our communities, and it all really relates back to the way my little Daniel used to live his life. I mean, I will tell you that. At every one of his our, our parent teacher conferences, uh, we would hear the same stories that you know Daniel looks out for his classmates. Daniel is always the first one with his hand up if the teacher needs uh, assistance with something, um, and he would carry that all the way. That was very genuine. Uh, I mean, he would pick up the worms off the sidewalk and put them in the grass so they wouldn't burn in the sun. Uh, he would carry the ants out of the house, a big carpenter ants, and they'd pinch his little fingers, and he would carry them outside and put them in the grass because he thought they belonged with their families. Um, and so that kid just had this beautiful, genuine, pure um, streak of, of just straight kindness uh, that, that was just part of his, his entire makeup that uh, was just literally dripping out of him all the time, holding doors open for strangers insisting that everybody was seated at the table for family for our dinner before anybody touched their food. He had an amazing capacity for kindness and um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing whatever I can to kind of um, introduce the world to that kindness and to try to perpetuate that kindness uh, through the work that I'm doing with Sandy Hook Promise. What an amazing legacy Daniel is leaving through you and thanks to you. So thank you so much for the work you're doing. Thank you for talking with us today. We sure appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks, Maddie. It was nice to talk to you all. That was a conversation with Mark Barden and Madeline Peck. For more on Sandy Hook Promise, go to sandyhookpromise.org. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich and intern Madeline Peck. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the NPR One app. And find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, we'd love it if you'd spread some kindness in the review section. Kindness.